Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio. When all you see is here and now When everything is crumbling, falling to the ground This is just a moment, this is not forever I know it seems impossible when all your hope is gone But God is, God is Greater than the fear you're facing Greater than the storm that's raging It's time for our reading in the New Testament. And today it comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 33. As we take a brief overview of what we're going to be reading about, we'll see that in this culture, two invitations were expected when banquets were given. The first asked the guests to attend. The second announced that all was ready. In this story, the king invited his guests three times, and each time they rejected his invitation. But God wants us to join Him at His banquet, which will last for eternity. That's why He sends us invitations again and again. Have you accepted His invitation to trust in Jesus? 
That was customary for wedding guests to be given wedding clothes to wear to the banquet. It was unthinkable to refuse to wear these clothes. That would insult the host, who could only assume that the guest was arrogant and thought he didn't need these clothes, or that he didn't want to take part in the wedding celebration. The wedding clothes picture the righteousness needed to enter God's kingdom, the total acceptance in God's eyes that Christ gives every believer. Christ has provided these clothes of righteousness for everyone, but each person must choose to put them on in order to enter the king's banquet, that is, eternal life. This is an open invitation, but we've got to be ready, and we've got to be properly dressed. All right, let's read all about it now here in the New Testament. February 2nd, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 33. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, Bind his hands and feet, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. That same day Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers, the oldest one married and then died without children. So his brother married the widow. But the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Last of all, 
the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. But now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were astounded at his teaching. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6. Now we'll read about the fact that fear is a dark shadow that envelops us and ultimately imprisons us within ourselves. Everyone has been a prisoner of fear at one time or another. Fear of rejection, misunderstanding, uncertainty, sickness, even death. But we can conquer fear by trusting in the Lord who brings salvation. If we want to dispel the darkness of fear, let us remember with the psalm writer that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Now, by uh, the term the house of the Lord and his temple, David could be referring to the tabernacle in Gibeon, to the sanctuary he had built to house the Ark of the Covenant, or to the temple that his son Solomon was to build in the future. David probably had the temple in mind because he made many of uh, the plans for it. David may also have used the word temple to refer to the presence of the Lord. David's greatest desire was to live in God's presence each day of his life. Sadly, this is not the greatest desire of many who claim to be believers. What do you most desire? Do you look forward to being in the presence of the Lord? Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 26. My son, obey your father's commands, and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp, and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. It will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you, for a prostitute will bring you to poverty, 
but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life.
today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived, in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Grace is the unmerited love that God shows to sinful people. He expresses this love through the sacrificial death of His Son. It becomes ours when we confess that we are sinners and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Because of grace, we're forgiven by God and adopted into His family. Today's passage describes our life before grace. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. This means that every person is born with a deadness to the things of God. We come into this world with no spiritual life. Our nature leans away from the Lord and toward ourselves. In addition, our thinking and behavior follow that of the world, which, according to Scripture, is under Satan's control. His plan always opposes God's and leads us to rebel against divine commands. Before encountering grace, Paul was very religious, but blind to the Lord's perspective and plan. He actively opposed those who followed Christ. With the goal of destroying the church, he sought to eradicate the Christian faith, which he deemed false. Paul continued persecuting believers until he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. Only then did the future apostle surrender his will to God's and become a true follower of Christ. If you've not trusted in the Savior, then you're spiritually dead, separated from God and under His judgment. Like Paul, you may be very religious and yet lack a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God offers you salvation today through faith in Him. How will you respond?
are beautiful. God, you are the most beautiful. And you are wonderful. You are wonderful. Oh God, there is no one more wonderful. You are wonderful. God, you are the most wonderful. from Bremen, Georgia, is a business owner, and he said, John, talk to us about expectations. Well, nothing probably gives a person greater hope than to have high expectations, and yet what I have noticed is uh, expectations and reality sometimes are very far apart. In fact, I had a friend one time say to me, John, let me define disappointment. Disappointment is the gap between expectations and reality. So here's what I know about expectations. You want to have a certain gap because it stretches you. It makes you want to climb. It makes you want to get out of your comfort zone. So you want to have your expectations above your reality. But you don't want to have your expectations so far above your reality that it brings disappointment. Have enough expectation to give you hope, not enough to make you feel helpless. Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us. We cannot contain your love will surely come find us like blazing wildfire. Singing your name, God of mercy, love of mine. I have surrendered to your design. May this offering stretch across the sky. 
Pax Jeffers. I've been a broken man for way too long. I've been the guy that's always known of Jesus, but never fully chose to follow him. I now know that with Jesus in my life, I can do all things. I'm glad that I've come to the refuge 
and remaining my connection with Jesus and put Him first in my life. When I leave the refuge, I will no longer be the old man, but I will be the new man I've always wanted to be. To continue this journey is going to take a long time for the rest of my life, but I know now that I need to be the responsible man of God, and I thank the refuge for that. Godspeed. You will go through hard 
Hi, I'm Ted Hudson, 33 from west side of Columbus. I grew up just like most people, having a good home, never needed for nothing. Just got into the wrong things when I was young, like smoking pot. After high school, I got into narcotics, and things went down from here. As we all know, that road goes to nowhere. I've had enough of living like that, so I came to the refuge. I hated it at first, but I thought to myself, what am I doing here? What's really going on? After a couple of weeks, the place grew on me, and it started to make sense, and my mission was clear. I got saved and started this journey with God again, and when I did, I finally felt free again. Revealing 
Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.